listening to the Crosscheck NHL Show, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. Welcome to the Crosscheck NHL Show. I am Andrew Berkshire from Game Over Montreal, and I'm here with Mary Clark from For the Win. We have a fun show for you today as the NHL is in its you know usual midweek form where Less things are happening, but there's always something to talk about. We're going to talk about what's going to happen with the P.K. Subban contract because it's in the last year of a giant deal. He's not playing super well, but the uh, Devils are going to try to move that, right? It makes sense. Ovechkin gets booed in Alberta, which, I mean, frankly, it's surprising that that hasn't happened sooner because, you know, Alberta. And also, Phil Kessel extended his Ironman streak in Arizona by playing one game and then flying out to see the birth of his child. Stupid? Cool? We're going to talk about that, and then we'll do our pop culture roulette segment. But before we get into all the hockey stuff, Mary has something that she's desperate to talk about. I guess it is hockey-related. Her favorite player in the whole oh. world was extended today by the Philadelphia Flyers. Oh, I don't I don't want to go too long on this because I think I've expended <laughs> enough energy on, you know, Twitter.com. Uh, but it it's frustrating. The Flyers extended Rasmus Ristolainen to, I believe, a five year, five point one million per contract um, because he his contract was going to be up by the end of the year. Um, and I think it just shows you how the Flyers View, like the like the Flyers front office mentality. Uh, they're stuck in the 1970s. I mean, there's, you know, Bobby Clark is in the front office. Uh, there's a lot of TM hockey men in this front office. Um, and they're basically, they basically think Rasmus Ristolainen will give them the best chance to win. They don't want to, you know, tank. They don't want to, you know, rebuild. They The, the words aggressive retooling uh, continues to pop up with this team. Uh, and it says something that they think Rasmus Ristolainen is their best chance at winning. It's It really says something, and it's not going to work. Uh, I mean, he he hasn't been Buffalo bad, but he's still not great um, on this team. And it's just frustrating to look at it and see the disconnect between what the fans want this organization to be and what the, you know, front office uh, and, you know, Chuck Fletcher wants this team to be. Um, so the Flyers are probably going to be bad for a while, but it's not going to be of their own will to be bad. They're going to be bad by proxy because they continue to dole out contracts to players that aren't really relevant in the NHL anymore and don't bring skill sets uh, that are winning skill sets and that's all I'm going to say on it just but I think a lot of Flyers fans are probably feeling this way um, so I sympathize completely if you know want to do like me and you know maybe jump to the Sixers bandwagon because you know they seem to be fun this year uh, I'm all for it because you know we have there's no baseball uh, Eagles aren't even going to be in season for a long time so Sixers might on honestly be our only hope in Philadelphia for some time so I guess uh, uh, go Sixers <laughs> <laughs> Woo, <laughs> something to that effect. I'm I'm not the biggest basketball person, but I've you know picked up a couple of things from you know working in sports. Just you know with this job I have, but uh, maybe I'll just like I said become a Sixers fan because uh, the Flyers I mean, are probably going to be disappointing for a while. I would think. At least you've got backup teams, right? Yeah. So that, there's there's a silver lining there. But hockey I will is say... my my first love. It's just yeah, disappointing yeah. that you know the Flyers are letting me down like this. At the same time, I will say, 
I was kind of shocked to see that in terms of all the like relative metrics, Rasmus Ristolainen has been the second best defenseman on the Philadelphia Flyers this year in terms of like control of play. The one hitch in that is that the first best is his defense partner, Travis Sanheim. And he's played 700 of his 879 even strength minutes with Travis Sanheim. 706 minutes, by the way. And without him, he drops down about five or six percentage points in control, which is a lot. And Sanheim jumps up like four or five. And I don't know who it was. His underlying numbers aren't terrible. They're actually quite good. But like, there's tons of problems with Wowie metrics nowadays, which is, for those who don't know, with or without you, uh, it basically is trying to measure how much impact a player is having on another player that they're playing with. Because, But it, it kind of disregards who else the player could be playing with. It could wreck the, the without numbers. But on the surface level of analysis, it seems like a lot of what's made Rasmus Ristolainen look not disastrous this year is Travis Sanheim. And uh, before we move on from this topic and continue talking about other hockey, um, one of the insiders tweeted, you you like something to the effect of, do you think like the Flyers will trade Travis Sanheim now because they don't, maybe they don't have enough money to keep him? Oh my him. God. Oh my God. What are we doing here? What are we doing here, Flyers? I, I paraphrased that and butchered that completely, but the sentiment is, you know, will the Flyers move on from Sandheim now that they, you know, locked up Ristolainen? And, and well, uh, if those numbers are any indication, Andrew, they better not because uh, it's only going to get worse if they do. So it's just bad. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Wow. Let's talk about let's talk about something else, Andrew, because <laughs> the Flyers, like I said, they're really disappointing me right now. So, yeah, that would be quite the decision, Mary. At least they have Sanheim locked up for another year at a very, very reasonable contract. He's in his mid 20s. I, I would be very shocked if they made that move. And every other team in the league should be jumping on it if they do. Mm-hmm. They would probably get a King's Ransom for Travis Sanheim. But let's talk about uh, not King's Ransom, uh, PK Subban, because the assumption for a, a long while now has been that because he has no trade protection due to the way that he was traded out of Montreal that the Devils would be looking to move him around the deadline this year, but even keeping back $4.5 million because uh, you can absorb half of a cap hit, it might be tough to move him this year because so many teams are tied up to the cap. So something that was floated by uh, Jeff Merrick and Elliot Friedman on, I believe, their podcast, it might have been Jeff's radio show, was to mutually terminate P.K. Subban's contract so that he can sign as an unrestricted free agent anywhere and that is one of the craziest things i've heard in a long time because that just does not happen in the middle of a regular season i mean towards the end of a regular season that would be wild but at the same time super fun it would yeah i mean pk suban is a draw in name only it feels like now um yeah because his quality of play has dropped off uh significantly since you know, I mean, he had he was with the Predators for a bit and, you know, helped get them to the Stanley Cup final. I believe he was on that team that went to the Stanley Cup final and they lost. Uh, did they lost in the Stanley Cup final? I, I feel like I'm saying this and like it's in my head, it makes sense. But it's been so long, even though it's probably only been five years. But, you know, for a while, he was like pretty good. I mean, in, in Montreal, he was fantastic. And then, you know, I believe got traded to Nashville in that big you know, swap trade. Um, 
and that was cool but then basically ever since like his tail ends of time with the predators and then since coming to the devils he just hasn't been the player he used to be um and it's sad because i think suban is an incredible personality um i mean if you see him talk sometimes on like not intermission shows but he's like he's shown up on like nhl broadcasts every so often for bigger events um and i've always enjoyed him there um so like i love his personality and he seems to be a great dude i mean he donated a ton of money to hospitals in montreal and you know we know we know the story there with uh you know how his time in montreal ended um but his his quality of play has declined and he could still be useful though i think on somebody's bottom pair um which is wild to say about pk Subban. but i mean you probably have the numbers better to back up uh you know where he could possibly fit but uh it is a really interesting thought experiment uh i don't think it's going to happen because that's kind of one of those things where it's like it requires general managers to think outside of the box and oftentimes they don't be doing that (laughs) yeah uh as we've you know seen with the philadelphia flyers but then you get teams like you know the tampa bay lightning that you know really bends the rules to their will um so it's an interesting thought experiment. I don't think it's going to happen, but uh, I mean, his name has at least been talked about. I've seen Subban's name thrown around in, you know, trade rumors. Uh, I mean, and also looking ahead towards free agency because he's in the last year of an eight year, nine million per contract. So th- there's at least going to be a lot of talk surrounding Subban as we get closer to the trade deadline and then as free agency approaches, because I mean, that's still a handful of months away, but you know, he's a, he's going to draw eyes because of his name. Um, and, you know, he's an established NHLer and people still like, uh, at least hockey men still like what he brings to, you know, a lineup. But, yeah, I don't know, Andrew, if you have any numbers to back up anything I just said. But, you know. Yeah, I mean, he's fallen off pretty bad over the last couple of years here, even like three years. Actually, how many? Four years now. Uh, it's been a bit of a precipitous decline. Mm-hmm. He, for a while, he kind of like kept some of the offense, but that's also fallen apart since he's been in New Jersey. He's using more of a second pair r- role right now. He could be more useful in a third pair. We'll have to see. I think the biggest issue with PK Subban is that the way his training in the offseason has taken place is he's continually eschewed his speed and agility in favor of strength. And that has number one put enormous strength on his or enormous stress on his back, which, you know, his back injuries are common uh, knowledge now. And the other thing is what made him special for most of his career was his agility, his escapability, his ability to break four checks and his ability to make plays. And unfortunately he's kind of bought into some bad advice, both off the ice and on it. And you see the habits that he uses and that he relies on in his game have kind of broken down what made it made him special. You look at what he was doing in Montreal, like on the power play, when he was running a power play, he was much more like Andre Markov than Shea Weber, right? He wasn't all about the big cannon. He had a big shot. He was scoring goals, but his bread and butter was making cross seam passes for other players to make one timer goals for. He doesn't really do that so much anymore. Now it's just all the big wind up and trying to shoot pucks through skates and hopefully get a deflection goal. Bad idea. It's just not where the modern NHL is. On breakouts, you look at him early in his career, he was all about skating and passing it out. Now it's off the glass and out all the time. And there's a time for off the glass and out. There's, It's a safe play in some respects. 
it's why he's still somewhat decent on the penalty kill because off the glass and out is great on the penalty kill. But as an, a go-to move all the time, it limits your impact on the game. You look at the loss of speed and agility that he has. Well, people have freaked out at the beginning of the season for PK Subban, all the slew foots, right? Which has been less of a story recently. Clearly he's been attempting not to do it, but a big reason for those plays is that he's built the strength to win battles, but he's lost the speed to get there first. So when he's always trailing behind, what happens is he reaches in and then he pulls back. It's a natural reaction when you're behind the play. And that's led to him taking more penalties. Well, I mean, less penalties actually because he's got that veteran presence now, so you get called for less. But he's behind the play more. I think that his physicality and his ability to like impact offensively could interest the team in the playoffs. And like, frankly, you look at PK Subban's career in the playoffs, it would be very easy to sell that. I think to most general managers, yeah, 62 I mean, points in 96 games. He is an incredible playoff performer. The when question was the last is, time, he... when was the last team he was in the playoffs? I mean, with New uh, Jersey, 2018, 19 with Nashville. Yeah, I was going to say, with New Jersey, he hasn't sniffed the playoffs because, you know, they built, no, like, they got terrible. all these acquisitions and it still didn't pan out for them. But so it's been some time. But yeah, I mean, you make a really good point about his playoff numbers. I kind of for- I've forgotten how dominant he was, but he was a force in Nashville. Like, he was, I think I bought a shirt of his, like a Predator shirt with, like, his number on it, like, years and years ago because, like, you know, he was so good and such a fun player to watch uh but you're right you probably can sell that to a gm even though it's been some time and suban is not the same player he was back in nashville uh i mean you could talk to do me. the whole he raises his game to the spectacle argument yeah. right and yeah. that run with nashville where they went to the stanley cup final if you actually look into it i know everybody was all about pecorine early in the run although he faded hardcore down the stretch P.K. Subban was the Devils, or not sorry, the Devils, the Predators MVP in that playoff run. He completely destroyed the Jonathan Taves line against Chicago in the first round. He absolutely neutered Vlad Tarasenko in the second round. He was instrumental against Anaheim while Pecorine was really falling apart. And in the final, everyone points to uh, him chirping Crosby and then Crosby playing well. But what happened was, was he actually was matched up against Crosby, shut him down for the first couple of games, and then they flipped to Roman Yossi, and all of a sudden Yossi, or all of a sudden Crosby started producing. So, like, that wasn't an issue for PK. It's <laughs> always doing coaching. His job. It's always coaching. It's all, and it's always, like, after the fact. Like, oh, you woke up Sidney Crosby as if Sidney Crosby wasn't going to try hard in the Stanley Cup final. Oh, yeah. Like, give me a break. <laughs> yeah, Sidney Crosby is, I mean, we're not going to make this all about Sidney Crosby, but yeah, like, you know, we we've seen what he can do. It was a foregone conclusion that he was going to do something like that. He's just an incredible player. But oh man, what a, a cup final! What a run that was. That was so fun. Uh, but it, like I said, it's a shame that you know, Subban's either you know prioritized different things in his game, and it's you know turned him into a different type of player, or or what, or you know, even the aging curve. Like he's in he's in his thirties, and I don't know which end of the thirties he's in. Uh, but you know, the, the aging curve hits people differently. Uh, some people it hits them fast and it seems like Subban is one of those players that hit fast, but, um, yeah, like I said, I don't, yeah, 32, but you know, turning I don't... 33 by playoff time though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like I said, I don't think this is going to happen just based on the fact that NHL GMs are adverse to making any sort of fun moves. 
But it's still interesting to think about because, you know, if the devils just don't want to have them anymore, it could, it, it just, it's a very interesting possibility for, you know, all that stuff. But I'd at least, you know, keep your eyes out to see if Subban's name continues to pop up on rumor mills because I think we're, I'm, we're, we're closing in on the deadline. It's in less than two weeks now, and we're only going to have, what, two shows before the deadline left, I think, because next yep. week is the last week before the deadline. So things are going to pick up probably by the time you hear this and then the next show we have on Tuesday. Something may have happened. Like, we're closing in on that time that, you know, the deadline usually starts to, like, things start to pick up. We haven't yet had the first real domino fall. We may have thought it was, you know, Tyler Toffoli, but it's been silent since. So it's, so it's very possible we get some sort of domino and then, you know, more names start to emerge from the pile. And it's going to be an exciting time. I love trade, trade deadline time, even though the, the day is usually bad, the lead up into it is a lot of fun. Yeah. hundred percent. All right. Uh, we're going to wrap it on that. And we're going to tell you about built bar. This is the time of year that I've usually given up on all my new year's resolutions, but not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right. Thanks to built bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat, and they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie, so good. These are going to be your new favorite. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, Puffs included, 100% real chocolate. Low calorie, high protein, replace your candy bars with these, they're better. Typical candy bar can have anywhere between two and 300 calories. Go to built.com and scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be blown away. They're high protein, low calorie, high fiber, and low carb. Most built bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. From mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, to all new flavors like this month's white chocolate cookies and cream, they're all delicious. And new flavors are coming out all the time. If they think a flavor might be good, they'll make it delicious and it'll be good for you. At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. I don't know how they do it, but they pull it off every time. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off of your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. So Alex Ovechkin is embroiled in controversy over the last month or so because obviously his association with Vladimir Putin has always been something that has been pointed out as a little bit sketchy and uh, his work with I believe Evgeny Malkin for this for that team Putin thing a few years ago was hard to look past but now that he's kind of given a weak statement on Russia invading Ukraine it seems like a lot of the focus is on Alex Ovechkin in the NHL right now. And I mean, clearly Albertans are not letting their feelings go unnoticed because there's, there's a big Ukrainian population in the Western area of Canada, uh, Saskatchewan, Alberta, Manitoba. I don't know about BC, but like the prairies have a lot of Ukrainian uh, immigration. So I would assume that that's part of it, but also Alberta is not shy about uh, doing some, xenophobic stuff and not that i'm saying that it's all anti-russian xenophobia which we've talked about on this show before but there's definitely a little bit of that like some excuses being made to allow for that 
not that I think that Ovechkin shouldn't be booed. It's it's a tough situation. You know, yeah. like he just passed Yarmer Yager in terms of career goals. And while Ovechkin is putting out these weak statements and continuing to have his profile picture on Instagram, him with Vladimir Putin, Yarmer Yager is organizing games to feed and house Ukrainian refugees in the Czech Republic. So it just kind of feels weird. Yeah, yeah, it feels weird. I mean, is I wanted to, you know, do a little bit of a Russia update, I guess. Uh, it's tough to talk about, you know, we've made our stances clear on this stuff before, but, you know, the Ovechkin booing thing um, really caught my attention the last couple of days because um, it is, it's a really interesting situation. I think, I think it's fair game for fans to boo Ovechkin because, you know, play, fans boo players for everything all the time. Flyers fans boo Sidney Crosby because he's Sidney Crosby. Uh, I'm pretty sure Flyers fans also had a thing against P.K. Subban for some time because he ran Mike Richards back when Mike Richards was still on the Flyers. Uh, so you Mike know. Richards was being racist, by the way. Yeah, so, so like, there, fans boo players for reasons all the time. Uh, so I, I think it's fair game here because, you know, Ovechkin put out that statement. He is a player in the National Hockey League. Um, it certainly weighs on his mind, if I had to guess. Uh, because why wouldn't it you probably you know it, it feels a little bit different like if you know if you're Sidney Crosby coming into Philadelphia you know you're gonna get booed because you're Sidney Crosby uh you're Alex Ovechkin going into you know Oilers and the Flames stadiums um and they have no real reason to hate you I don't think uh and you're being booed because of your political association so it's a little bit different from you know that you're being booed because of your hockey stuff uh but it's it to me it's fair game it's it, it it's weird because you're like you know is this like it, what is this doing is this productive at all but fans can do what they want as long as it's not like actively physically harming someone like throwing things onto the ice uh thankfully i don't think i haven't seen that so at least you know fans are utilizing their you know voices just to boo and not you know actually taking physical action on certain players because we mentioned it um when we talked about um the nhl statement uh on russia that you know they were like teams are you know maybe upping security on their russian players um so it's it's a it's a bit of a balance here because you have to i hope that the people booing ovechkin um aren't you know turning around to the russian and russian americans in their community and blaming these things on them because it this stems back to xenophobia i think like i said ovechkin is fair game but random citizens uh of russia and russian americans um don't deserve your ire here um ovechkin is a public figure um and you who know, has, has like publicly allied with putin is the big yeah, thing <laughs> and is publicly allied with putin so i think that that makes sense but i just hope that this doesn't snowball into xenophobic acts against people that aren't related to this at all uh you know you can't control your nationality and where you're from um obviously a lot of russians as we have seen or russian americans you know uh, oppose this um so you're if you're directing your ire in that regard you're directing it at the wrong people um at, uh, you know ovechkin is fair enough because he's like has those ties to putin um, and still keeps that Instagram picture up, even though I saw something yesterday that, you know, he wanted to change it. But, you know, with the backlash possible against his family, he hasn't. 
So there's and that a, is like the kind of undercurrent that we have to be aware of, right? Yeah, there's is... a lot at play here, and I get it. Um, and I think you're you're well within your rights to hate Ovechkin here. Uh, he's not going. To, I think he's not. He's not going to care if you, a random person, uh, dislike him. Um, it's there's just a lot happening here under the surface that we're only slightly privy to in certain regards. So, uh, yeah, I. It, it's a tough situation. I'll be interested to see if, you know, the booze continue to follow him throughout, you know, the, you know, when he goes on the road with, um, with other, against other teams, like, cause I don't know how many games the Capitals have played away from home since all of this began, but, um, it's very possible this follows him through the rest of the season. If the Capitals make the playoffs into the playoffs, depending on who they play, um yeah it's it's gonna continue against ovechkin uh i don't think it will stop unless he makes some sort of grand statement making some sort of you know stronger statement against it but we're it's a difficult position he's in a difficult position to do so because you know possible backlash against his family and other things we may not know so i think it's completely fair to not to not be a big fan of ovechkin right now um I still think he's an incredible goal scorer. I, you know, one of the best we've seen in this era um, at all. Uh, but I can completely understand if you're kind of soured on it now because, you know, it's. I feel it's like the other way around hard. as well. Mm -hmm. If you still want to be a fan of Alex Ovechkin, I can also understand it because yeah. as much as right this second, it looks awful. Like we have to understand that these players are born in a state where they are subject to propaganda, they're not highly educated people. Like there are a lot of people in Russia who don't support Putin, obviously, and a lot of people who do, and a lot of people who have to because of threats. If we want to look at every single player's political opinions as well, uh, I have a sad thing to tell you. There's not very many that you would like. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like check your favorite from... players' Twitter likes, everybody, or Instagram yes. likes. We, I exactly. think we said this before. Most of them are following true. Candace Owens and other people like that. There's a lot of people, a lot of NHLers who supported the insurrection on January 6th or supported the quote unquote freedom convoy or the stupid convoy that's now going on in the USA, which I just saw that Ted Cruz is riding along in one of the trucks. I think trucks. congratulations, Teddy. It's your second insurrection. You know, no one's like, really paying attention to that i think here i think no we're all it's just funny it's like, big flop but yeah it's a big flop i think that's why at the so same time it's like, like yeah so like for washington capitals fans if you're still cheering for alex ovechkin you're probably getting a lot of hate but at the yes. same time I, I understand because like i get it no 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 i you can't separate everything but I at the same it. time it's it's tough it's tough no 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 i mean i I'm not going to equate this in terms of it's the same, but, you know, as somebody who went to Penn State during the whole Sandusky stuff, yeah, I can emphasize a little bit with the people attacking the thing you like um, and making you seem like a bad person because you support that thing. Um, it's not. It People will say that, but don't take it personally that way it's it's hard to divorce yourself from the fandoms you involve yourself in because it feels yep. like when somebody attacks your fandoms they think or things you like they attack you personally 
Um, it's not a reflection on you as a person. Um, I've had to learn. It's like to... Harry Potter people with J.K. Rowling, right? Yes. And there's there's a lot can be said about that, too. There's I mean, I've fallen out of Harry Potter in my life. We don't need to get into that. Though. Yeah, we don't. We don't need to get into <laughs> it. But you can find a lot of examples of this. Um, but it's not a reflection on you as a fan. Um, I mean, I still enjoy watching him as a hockey player. I will probably still enjoy watching him race down Gretzky. But. It is, it's a very difficult situation and I can completely understand, you know, hating him or still enjoying him as a player. It's, but it's not a reflection on you as a person. Um, you're not the ones making, um, like, you know, calling the shots out in Russia. You're, you don't have anything to do with that. And if people say so, they're, you know, they're not thinking correctly here. Um, so I guess I just wanted to say that before we move on, because I, I can completely emphasize with this situation because I have gone through it before. So yeah. it's not an attack on you personally. Um, just, you know, try and divorce yourself from that idea that, you know, you're when people hate things you like it, they are not or, you know, they say you're a bad person for liking this. You're not. So, yeah, I will say closing thought on this segment at the very least, Ovechkin has talked to the media uh, like one time and said, you know, no war or whatever. Evgeny Malkin has turned his Instagram on private and not said anything. So I know Ovechkin is the bigger name, mm -hmm. but Evgeny Malkin is a big name, too. And he was in all those same Putin advertisements. So Evgeny Malkin has not shown himself well in this situation either. So we can't ignore that as well. But we'll wrap on that. And we got to tell you about Bet Online. It's that time of year again. We're a couple short days away from March Madness. College bad Basketball's tournament is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all of your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all sporting and wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, Mary, so a really weird thing happened in the NHL this week, and that was Phil Kessel, who's expecting the birth of his child, flew with the Arizona Coyotes to play in a game against Detroit played one shift and then booked it out of there and they chartered him a plane to go right back to Arizona to be with his kid. And I haven't seen much of the reaction to this, but I absolutely love it. <laughs> I think it's fantastic. I think this is the kind of thing that other teams around the NHL notice that you would do this for a player. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, the Arizona Coyotes are a team that does not spend a lot of money that are broke and the yeah. fact that he would do this for one player, I think speaks volumes about some of the respect that Phil Kessel has gained in this league. I think that uh, any team who's wants to make an impact in the playoffs should still be knocking at the Coyotes door and trying to get Kessel. Cause like PK Subban, his playoff numbers are unbelievably good. He's oh yeah. Just a gamer. So I know he hasn't been fantastic this year, but I think he's, he's a guy that I'd be looking at uh, bringing in. I know that he has, there's lots of rumors around Kessel about uh, being like not a great locker room guy. I don't care, man. He's got two back-to-back -back Stanley Cups. Like, whatever. He I mean, he's it, clearly so. he's clearly gained respect enough that you know the team did that for him. 
and you know, yeah, I think it's super cool. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I I saw a couple people just kind of being like, "This is weird. This shouldn't have counted." Um, and it is strange. I don't think it's anything. It counts as a game played. Yeah, no, no, no. I, mean, I, I yeah, agree is, with you. Did John Tavares I, play a game in the playoffs last year? I was going he went to out make in the first period due to injury. Right. I was going to make the injury thing. If you play a shift and then get injured on your second shift, you technically played in that game. I was going to make yep. that exact argument. So thank you for you know making it for me with that example. But You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> like, is it cheesy? Yeah. yeah. Who cares? But, yeah, I think it's cares? awesome. It's not like he was hurt. And right. Like, like not at, like he was a healthy face. scratch. Like, look at his face, like the, the like seeing the clips, like he's just I don't know, it's hard to knock Phil Kessel. He's such a good dude. Uh I mean, you know, his tweets have been legendary over the years. Um like like I said, I mean he's gone through a lot in his career um and in hockey. Uh but he like I said, he's an absolute gamer. Um I know Keith Yandel currently has the uh, Iron Man streak um on the Flyers, and that was a whole debacle because you know he's not a good player but uh he's garnered enough respect in the organization to you know keep him from playing but he's not the reason the flyers are losing the flyers are just bad overall uh but it's he like you know flyers fans directed their rage at him and the streak because it was at least a tangible thing to do so but focus a good dude um he'll probably pass keith yandel if you know yandel finishes out the season and then doesn't get picked up by another team uh, because he's just not not nearly as good as Phil Kessel is, um, so I I really hope he you know breaks the streak because um, he's an incredible hockey player. He really is, uh, and his story is super inspiring. Um, and he's just I know you know the whole thing about his work ethic, hot dogs, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but the dude's won what two Stanley Cups um, and has an Ironman streak that not many people can say they have. Uh, so the dude is just an absolute legend and sure it is cheesy sure it is a bit dumb and you know just like not something you see in the nhl but it's the coyotes they deserve a little bit of happiness and it's phil kessel i don't see how you can hate this guy um because like even you know when he was on the penguins and i don't like the penguins phil kessel made that team likable at least in some respects like I was like, man, I don't like the Penguins, but I'm happy for Phil Kessel because he's a good dude, and I'm just sad that the Penguins have him. And you know, it, you know, he did such good things for that team. So it's just, I wanted to bring this up because it, I don't think I've ever seen a team do something like this before. Uh, I mean, they had the thing with Keith Yandel in Florida when the players revolted to get him, you know, to continue his streak. But that was a player thing. That wasn't like a coaching management organization decision. So it's just, you know, I, I think it speaks to the type of person he is that they did this. Um, so, like, I know people talk about the locker room stuff, but like I said, I, I really think it speaks to the type of person he is that they did all this for him and the streak continues. Yeah, 100%. I, I'm with you. I think this is just a fun thing Yeah. that, you know, I also think that teams bending over backwards to make sure that their players are able to be there for the births of their children is a relatively new thing. Right. Like it wasn't that long ago. There was uh, a team that did that in the playoffs. And I forget who the player was, but the player went to be with the birth of his child and fans absolutely lost their minds that a player would miss a playoff game to be with the birth of their child. And it's like, guys, (laughs) one of these things is a lot more rare than the other. You only get this chance one time. And also, 
you're leaving the wife who's carrying the child out in the lurch if you're not there like you you're have speaking to be from there. experience as a parent here andrew i mean yes. i agree with you completely but we are and of different minds because you are a parent and have two kids so uh you definitely and i've know seen like how bad this. it can go right and mm -hmm. you want to be there just in case like it's very rare nowadays for a mother to die in childbirth, but it still happens, right? You don't want to miss what could be final moments, you know, or a, a, a child dying. Like, you want to be there not just for the joy of welcoming a child into the world, but also just in case things go wrong, right? You want to be there to help your family. And I, I'm just glad that we're at a point in the NHL where we're actually prioritizing that kind of stuff over the game on the ice, because it does matter a hell of a lot more. It is, in the end of the day, a game. And I think this is just a super fun thing that, even if it is a little cheesy, I think there's nothing wrong with it whatsoever. I, I say hats off to Kessel, hats off to the Coyotes to, to get this done. I think it's absolutely awesome. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and that the Coyotes, they need some sort of you know positivity, because a lot of the stories around them this year haven't been very positive. So, you know, I would yep. take this win... I would take this win and just be like, this is something that's nice that we can hold on to as like a good moment this season uh, because it really hasn't been great in Arizona and it's going to continue not to be great because uh, they're going to be playing in a college arena next year um, and for the foreseeable future. So it is, I mean, they're going to take a lot of hits. I mean, online, they're going to take a lot of hits from fans um, and we'll see how that works out in the future. So like, Take your wins when you can get them. Uh, and I think this was an I mean, easy hey, win, the right thing to do, too. They're on a three-game win streak, and over their last two games, they've scored 19 goals. Ooh. No, 17 goals, sorry. Still, that's, that's a lot. Put eight on Ottawa and nine on Detroit. That's, hey, that's you know what? good news going for the Arizona Coyotes. Yeah, exactly. Take those wins when you can get them, because they're uh, short-lived, especially in Arizona. Um, but it was also the right thing to do at the end of the day. Yeah, 100%. All right, uh, I think that's all we have to say on that. We're going to talk about Rock Auto because this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all of the parts that you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, so they care about you. They're not just some faceless corporation. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. Go to their website right now. They're just incredibly easy to use and find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. All right, Mary, there is one thing that came out pop culture-wise this week that I think we have to talk about. Mm -hmm. And that debuted on Wednesday. It was the teaser trailer for Kenobi. Yep. Oh, man. Uh, Andrew, they're pulling People me back in. They're pulling me back in, Andrew. They're pulling me back in. Um, I, I think I said on the show that I got through two episodes two or three episodes of the book of boba fett and i just didn't continue it but i'm actually legitimately excited for this i said on twitter i don't know if it's because ewan mcgregor has incredible charm uh or because they used uh duel of the fates for the trailer 
uh, or because the uh, the Inquisitors. Um, I know them specifically from the video game Jedi Fallen Rebels? Order. Oh, but okay. you know, yeah, they're from the they're also in the video game Jedi Fallen Order, but also in um, Star Wars Rebels. Um, they're going to be, you know, there's live action adaptation of them. Uh, so a lot of things are coming together for me um, that actually make this kind of hype. Um, you know, let's hope that, you know, the Mandalorian doesn't show up and, uh, you know, I, I know he can't because I don't think the timeline is correct. But let's hope, you know, that they don't try and steal the show from Obi-Wan Kenobi here. And I don't think they're going to because... Um, just halfway through the Mandalorian pops in. As, I know that's like the, the big fear. Again. They did it once before, and now I'm just afraid they're going to do it again. Uh, but I think this one actually legitimately deserves kind of the hype going into it. Uh, I don't know what you thought about the trailer, but that was like the big things for me. Ewan McGregor charm, ooh, live action Inquisitors, uh, because I actually I know who they are uh, from playing the video game, and the music because you can. You know, once you have Duel of the Fates, you can't go. I don't think you can go wrong uh, right there. Because so, what a piece of music that is. But I don't know what your thoughts are on this, Andrew. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's really exciting. I think my opinions on it are very different than what everyone else wants. Because I think a lot of people just want, like, the expansion of Obi-Wan Kenobi from the prequels. Whereas I want a thorough examination of, like, why Obi-Wan Kenobi is a failure. Because... Everyone sees Obi-Wan Kenobi as like the, the most badass Jedi because like he defeated Anakin when he turned into Vader and you know he he defeated Darth Maul twice and all this but Obi-Wan Kenobi the, the central part of his character that I think a lot of Star Wars fans miss is that whole duel of the fates thing was about Anakin's fate and Obi-Wan Kenobi failed to be the mentor that he needed to not fall to the dark side. His legacy is the same as the Jedi of that era. It is ultimately failure and i think a lot of this show needs to be about him reconciling with that failure and trying something new but i think unfortunately the thing is the first time we see obi-wan kenobi in the star wars universe he is still that same jedi so i get i don't think we're gonna see it the first thing he does is like radicalize a teenage luke skywalker and give him a, a lightsaber and be like here go kill your father yeah they're you know, kind of like, stuck in a little box there in terms of where he has to go yeah, so I, I just, I wonder, yeah, I wonder where they can go character development wise, because that's where I actually want to see this, because I know that Ewan McGregor has the chops to do that, but I do think we're going to get sad Obi-Wan for sure, mm -hmm. like, he looks devastated in like every little still they've put out, he's just lost everything, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I think this series is going to be a lot less fun and a lot more sad than people think. And people are super hyped up for a rematch between Obi-Wan and Darth Vader that they've said is going to happen. I don't know if that's going to be like a dream sequence or something because it doesn't really make much sense with established canon. But I guess trust in Filoni because yeah. he finds ways to thread these needles. And uh, the the showrunner, I believe her name is, is it Margaret? I forget her name now, but uh, she worked on The Mandalorian before. And every episode that she did on The Mandalorian was very, very good. So I think there's real hope there as well the cinematography looks breathtaking oh yeah but uh i i got a bunch of messages from friends of mine who were like can we just 
not beyond Tatooine for one show. I know. I know. I was thinking that too. Please. Once this is over, no more Tatooine. Go somewhere else. I've had enough of the deserts. I cannot stand it anymore. There's too much on Tatooine. This planet means too much. Let us go. And it, it's a boring planet. It's like all desert. And I do not like it. There's nothing there besides like a few small things that we've seen. But I, I've had enough of the desert dunes. Please go find something else there are there are infinitesimal planets out there in this star wars star wars universe go to a different one please <laughs> i've had enough of i've had enough of tatooine because that was i thought that too i was like right we're back on tatooine again that's like the only negative i have i think like sure it'd be nice to get the emotional depth uh for obi-wan here in this series and they might you know kind of retcon some emotional depth uh, but they can only do so much where he ends uh, his story here before, you know, A New Hope. So yeah. they can only do so much, but maybe they'll, you know, try and recontextualize things. But I know that's putting like a high bar on things, but, you know, you, you know, you could dream. Uh, but oh, I heard some rumors that they might be doing some like flashback stuff to look at some of the things that happened in the Clone Wars. Mm. I would like to see that because. The Clone Wars does a lot of the heavy lifting for Anakin and Obi-Wan's relationship, whereas in the prequels, you're just kind of told that they're friends and like Obi-Wan's the mentor, but they almost seem antagonistic and Obi-Wan is very standoffish about things. He's not a very good teacher. You see a bit more of that in the Clone Wars, but I'd like to see a little bit more of what makes them close. Hayden Christensen is involved in this. They have the Marvel de-aging technology in Disney. So like you can do that. I know you can do that. I mean, look, they created Luke Skywalker. It looked amazing yeah. for what it was. Obviously, it was still a bit robotic. But when you actually have the actors in frame, look at what Marvel's done. You know, I am excited. They have done amazing work on that. I am excited for, you know, the turnaround back on uh, Hayden uh, Christensen. Uh, we had the turnaround yes. on Robert Pattinson. We had the turnaround on Andrew Garfield or Tobey Maguire, too. Um, well, I would Hayden say Andrew Garfield... Time. Yeah, Adam Gar- Andrew Garfield was like underrated as Spider-Man, but in terms of his acting career, I don't think there was ever true. Any I issue. think just like, he got he a was... lot of flack for those Spider-Man films not being yes, as good as you think. Uh, but a lot of those actors have gotten you know their moments. I hope it's Hayden Christensen's time to get his moment because sure, Me I, we meme on his quotes uh, and his performance, but uh, he was not he was set up to fail in that in those. Oh, hundred percent. Uh, and I feel very bad for you know. Uh, you know the stuff he's had to go through because of it but it seems like people are turning around and that's great and i i hope that you know you know we get another not like kind of redemption story but like they didn't really deserve deserve it so you know i'm just i'm happy for these actors that are you know having a new turn in their careers and you know getting the fan recognition they deserve so yeah and i will say In the short teaser, which, I mean, teasers aren't that short anymore. I remember when teasers used to be like 20 or 30 seconds, right? And now Mm -hmm. they're like a minute and a half. And the actual trailer is like three minutes. Almost gives too much away. But they very purposefully did not put Vader in them, right? So we know we're going to get another trailer here at some point soon. And as much as people lost their minds over this, when they actually show Vader, it's going to be crazy. Star Wars fans are going to be so hyped. I... I hope this show is as good as it can be. I, yeah. The one reservation that I have is that it seems like Star Wars kind of lost their ability to do something truly transformative with The Last Jedi and the backlash that happened there. 
Like, I want to see actual explorations of why the Jedi failed, why they're a terrible organization. And it just seems like Lucasfilm is afraid to do that now, unfortunately. It, so now it, it seems to me like the best stories we get are like the side stories, like not to do with the Jedi. That's mm-hmm. why The Mandalorian was so good. But hopefully this can bring it back. It's been a while since we've seen a Jedi centered story that I thought was new and exciting. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And it's funny that you bring up The Last Jedi because I feel like I was talking to my uh, some of my uh, friends um, and was like, I remembered nothing about the rise of skywalker i saw it in theaters i think i enjoyed myself while i was there for the most part and then i just forgot but i knew that the reception of that movie was bad uh and then i watched a video i think i watched a video uh from one of the people uh i talked about on the show before uh the youtube guy that does video about uh like youtube videos about music and films and musicals yes Uh, i watched the same video that you're talking about yeah uh because i was like um it's been a while since I've watched, like, I don't know. I was just looking for something to watch. And I watched it. I was like, I remember nothing about this film. And, man, I, I'm i not going to go on about the sequel trilogy. But uh, The Force Awakens is still the best one of the bunch for me. Because uh, I know it it's hinges on... With new I know I know it hinges on a lot of things. But uh, I, at least that's the one I have the most fun watching. Uh, and um, other, the other parts, there are certain parts of the other films that make me mad in different ways. But... I'm not going to discuss The Last Jedi. That discourse is done and dusted. I do not care either way about the discourse. I, I do not. I have no opinions on it. There are things that I liked and didn't like. But the thing, the movie of that that trilogy I have the most fun with is The Force Awakens. And the one I will probably just go back to to watch. Like if it's on TV, I'll put it on TV because it's fun for me to watch. Uh, the other ones have their things. Uh, and there yeah. are interesting things and there are good things and there are bad things, I think, in uh but it is i don't want to go too long on this why am i talking about this star wars uh i hope the obi-wan series is kenobi good. yeah uh it looks fun also i've been playing elden ring i just started that um i keep dying i finished horizon forbidden west and platinumed it so we've moved on to a new video game but that's that's all i've got for pop culture stuff andrew yeah that's uh, that's all i have as well so we'll we'll wrap it there thanks for making the Crosscheck NHL show, your first listen every Tuesday and Friday. Now, make your second listen, Locked on Fantasy Hockey. Hosts Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts.